Okay. Um, so Teo uh, asked me a question about, um, he's been doing some fill in the blanks. And so, so what was the fill in the blank you said I've never done in class? If I would meet Jesus Christ, I would. Yeah, I've never done that one in class. Anyway, so, um, but, um, okay, so he, his question was, I'm, I've been doing these, how do I use this? And look, the purpose of all of these, the purpose of um, the work that, we, that Michelle and I were doing when she was coming up with things about the character and I said like when you know you've, you've made some choices that she's together and in control and so then I said like when um, same thing with um, uh, fill in the blanks I remember the time that I or don't ever talk to me about any of these things the, these fill in the blanks are to in an odd sense and you you're going to have to find your own road into this, but it is to help you move into this other person. It, and so it's like I am leaving me and moving into them. Um, I, I liked, I, it's so weird. I liked the little uh, Sharon Carnegie's 18, late 18th century French actor who saw the the character as a second person and he was in, imagining this second person and then just stepped into his skin so you you have to figure it out a little bit for yourself how do i move into this other person some characters are going to be different than others um it's the reason that Stella would always suggest have an element of costume that is not yours. Um, so that you have made a selection of something um, that's not yours. Um, when Lee Grant was auditioning to play Mrs. Mussolini for a miniseries that was done centuries ago, um, she went out or she sent her assistant out anyway to buy a crucifix, <laughs> and so and the reason was because she felt that Mrs. Mussolini was secretly a devout Catholic. Um, so you know, I mean, it was just like those little things begin to help you move into somebody else's skin. Um, so I mean, that's always a, a, a very very good thing, but also. Just moving into somebody else, just moving into how somebody else sees the world, moving into how somebody else lives in the world. And you will, you know, you'll figure out how you do it easily. Um, and it, it um, I, I, Holland Taylor described it as walking into the phone booth. <laughs> She's not, I walk into the phone booth of the character I'm playing, and I, I suppose that's a Superman image. And, and when I come out of the phone booth, I'm Superman. 
So it, but I mean, it's, you know, you just, you, 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 you move into it. So it's important to do that and figure out how you do it the best. Um, I do know for me, talking it out always did it. I suddenly would find a whole new persona uh, just by, by, by talking out what was going on with, with my character. And I just, I just let him ramble. I, I let him ramble. So anyway, so play with this. Uh, again, very important to play with it so that you have a sense of it. So if it's not working, we can figure out why. Many of us will applaud Michelle for a long time for her, her inability to grab on to Deirdre because it forced all of us to figure out how do we do that. And now, of course, she can play anything. Um, all right. Questions, comments, thoughts, problems, solutions. Yes, um, So I, I got a call back for that, that audition that I did like a month ago. Oh. And I was looking at in the play for the Magic Tower. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, you know, again, I felt myself paralyzed looking at the damn lines and like, this makes so much sense. I'm like, of course, you have to talk out what's going on with her in order to get into the scene. And it's just weird for me that I, it's an aversion and I, I get like, um, you know how I am. I, I get very scared very easily. And, and, then I just, cry, like, and then I cry and I give up and I'm like, whatever. Um, and then I come to this class. I'm like, oh, it's just, it's funny how often I forget like that you can take it off of yourself, that it's a character, you know, and, and to approach it that way. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It was just illuminating to me listening to you and looking at my notes for my audition and thinking, oh, now I have a way in to try and work on this instead of being, you know, freaked out by it. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. It was more of a statement than anything, but. Good. No, I think I'm, I'm telling you something. I think this was, uh, don't put this in Walker. This was worth the pandemic to have this much time to work on acting. <laughs> I mean, really seriously, it, it, it's just, we could have gone forever and never hit on this. Um, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased. Um, and who knows, you know, one day you won't panic. I know, I'm really looking forward to that day. But. Yeah. Well, you've come a long way. You used to not make it halfway through an exercise. That's true. Yeah. So now, now you've moved. Now you've moved forward. You can actually. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, had you not been able to, we would have probably had a 
intervention like mm. yeah we would have we would have had an intervention and we would have all told you we think that you should really think seriously about becoming a professional server at a restaurant and um oh my god yes maybe you and teo can go to the milton mm. uh, yes um <laughs> uh, Good. All right. Excellent. Good for you. Um, all right. Who has work today? Any other stuff? Any other thoughts? Any, any other comments? I had a thought similar to Michelle's because uh, now I find myself avoiding going to the lines and uh, like the good thing about having some like a rehearsal, you know, working on a show or um, having an audition like is the deadline of being like all right at some point though you got to get to the lines and that's where it gets so hard to not fall into those uh repeated patterns or like you said you know playing um the same thing or just um not playing the same thing but i guess try just trying to repeat what you already did um and so that's where I'm at. <laughs> Just like part of me thinks that I should now start working on the lines. Uh, and I, I'm terrified of that. Well, here, here's. Uh, the many various ways we approach things. Um, sometimes. Okay, eventually in life, in the best of all possible worlds, you will have a lot of time to prepare. And so therefore you can play with this, you can play with it, you can go with this, you can, you know, you can, you can go down this road, you can go down that road, you can go down that road, and you can do all of that. The more you do that, the faster you will become at it. So that's that. Then there's just a whole other thing where, okay, so the, the, the um, the kind of rule is as soon as you go to the words, all creativity stops. Okay, so knowing that as soon as you go to the words, all creativity stops means that you must explore creatively as long as you can. Okay. You know, that you just have to, you just keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And then one day you have to get to the words. Um, so you, you, you know, you do it until you have to. <clears throat> and look, when you consider Justine, I mean, you walked away with all the reviews for the reading, reading, 
of submarine smoke. And, and so we never got to the words when we were working on it. Right, Ever. and that was, that was a perfect combination because with you, I didn't feel pressure to, to perform. Like I used to like, oh, I gotta do this, these lines and we could just kind of bounce ideas and like you gave me so much that was so inspirational and just like lit me up. Uh, and, but then I had to go to rehearsal and I had to get to the lines, so, but but because I knew I had to get to the lines, then I would go and I would talk it out and I would try different things. But then even the director would be like, I liked what you did before. I would try to like change it and he'd be like, no, no, keep what you had. So then there's always that challenge of like, okay, keep what they, they want you to have. But like you said, keep it active every yeah. time. I, it's just the lifelong struggle, I guess. But yeah. So I'm trying to like do that for myself and be like, oh, okay, but you got to look, you have to kind of take that. That's the way it is. I felt so sorry for the director when I did Boys in the Band in East Hampton because I was approaching it as if it was Chekhov. And I mean, it's borderline sitcom. And so the director did not know how to deal with me. And so she kept, she kept doing this imitation of some choreographer she knew. It's like, it's Joe Layton. And so, she, you know, and so she'd kind of go around and do this imitation of the, and I knew she, I know she knew she wanted me to play this really, really gay character. And I really wanted to get to the pain behind the comedy. <laughs> I just know, but bless her heart, Kelly something was her name, but she, she, she stuck it out. And so she was, she, she let, she let me go with it. And, uh, and then one day the comedy came. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever have that luxury again. Of, uh, of doing it quite like that. Um, but look, you know, we, it's like a lot of it, I think so much of the work we do is what do you do between rehearsals? It's like I go home and I do improvisations. I go home and I give myself assignments. I go home and I look and say, all right, let me take her and put her, um, in a situation, I said, okay, so how, what is one specific thing I know about her? She's in love with life. Okay, good. So now I'm going to say, okay, in the same way we did with Michelle, she's in control of the situation. And so then we have this little thing, like when, like when did she, when did we see that she loved life? And so then I dig and dig and dig. And, you know, the first couple of years you do this, it's hard as hell. Um, and then one day you come up with it. There's a kid and he's sitting in the park and she buys him an ice cream cone. You know. So you, you come up with little things, 
You don't come up with Hamlet, you come up with little things. So, I mean, that's the thing. I can't even begin to tell you, Teo, how many times, I don't know if it, it's people in this class who've said to me, it's, it's, that's being responsible. It's, it's like we, we went down an entire road trying to understand, you know, trying to get what your discovery was about your character being responsible. And so it's like, you, you know, it's just like it opens you up to all sorts of things. And then one day you get to the lines and then all creativity stops. <clears throat> but all creativity stops for a day. You know, and then all of a sudden the other stuff lays in. I, it's scary acting. It's, but you also have some sort of confidence because you've exactly you've around with it and you kind of tried it out and you know I, I love when greg said you know do it badly or whatever and then you get that out of your way and then it's like it's not you're not relying on that first freshness when you're when you're saying it if you go straight to the lines and it's fresh and you feel it or whatever and then it just goes away and it's like oh fuck, how do i recreate that so it's like you're you're going really around to get to that confidence and, and look, to me, that is the most difficult thing. <clears throat> it was always the most difficult thing. And, and in the letter Stella Adler sent me when I got lost in rehearsals, she said, you know, the work you do at home is in you. Don't play your rehearsal. Well, that was the biggest, <clears throat> that was the biggest issue for me is to trust that the work was there. I said that to Raphael. I said, you're changing actions. Trust that the other work is there. Don't play, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I suffer because of the white people around me. We spent, we spent a week building that. We spent a week with the images of white people looking down on him. We spent a week with people giving him a look. And so that, now it's there, but trusting it. Uh, acting is really, really easy when you talk about it. It's almost like that's the sequence of operations though, isn't it? Like you, you do the creative work and then you you go to the words and trust that the work is there and then once the words are in you you go back to the creative work not really uh i i you know i just don't think you can it it's like you know i find a lot of times if i do the sequence of thoughts and i talk it out and i talk over and under around it and take time off and then the words suddenly become the best way to say it I, I, the words to me always come out of the creative work, but you know, Christ, I've been doing it for 35 years more. So it's like, but the world work always comes out of that. I don't have to leave it. I mean, it's like I find other stuff with it, but it, it comes out of that. And suddenly, if it's a good writer, it's um, the best way to say it. 
And if it's a bad writer, then it's fun. I mean, if it's a bad writer, I have a good time because then I get to find stuff. Then I then my arrogance as an actor or as a director or as a coach is uh, I'm saving the writer who's written crap. And so therefore anything I bring to it is gonna save it. And so that's when I have a good time. I say he's, the writer writes cliches. He's writing one person yelling at another. So I'm going to play it as somebody who's scared to death. And, and I promise, I mean, that's just, you know, I, I always feel like having auditioned actors since the summer of 1968, that um, all these actors, if, you know, like 25 actors, well, back when actors used to come in, but 25 actors would come in and do exactly the same idea of a performance. And one person would come in, do something different. And we'd all kind of look up and go, oh, who's that? Um, and so that's just a, you know, that's just a thing. Yeah, you have to be careful. I, I, you know, it, it's like eventually you find different things with different parts. It's just, it, it's different. It, there is no way. Uh, um, Justine's brother came over yesterday, I think. Maybe. Maybe it was Sunday. Anyway, he came over for me to put him on tape for an audition for a pilot. And he'd made sense out of the lines. He, he, he has a, a bit of a tendency to perform. And so we, we kind of worked out of that, but he, he made sense out of the lines and all of it made sense. And then I said to him, here's the problem. There's no character here. And if, if it's a pilot, you need to come up with a character trait that will make people want to watch you for, for the next five years. And so part of the work we did was coming up with a really engaging character, but that's just because you know the form you're in. What did you come up with? Um, yeah, it was something that I knew Matt could play. <clears throat> you know, it's different. It's, it's different when you're doing a TV pilot. It's not acting. I mean, that's the reason I say Ryan Gosling isn't really an actor. He finds a part of him that he can use and he happens to be fascinating. <clears throat> so, you know, with Matt, who's good looking, sexy and kind of flirty, I, you know, we kind of played that, tried, tried to. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, um, 
anyway, I'm complicating life with all of this, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, you'll figure it, it you know, eventually you figure it out. You figure out certain things, right? If it's, if it's television, you figure out, you look at television. I mean, I'm addicted to junk, but you look at television and you look at these people and you know they're not actors at all. <clears throat> and so what they're looking for is a kind of person that will fit into an ensemble if it's a police show. And so you just have to know, I mean, it's just a different thing. You just walk in and it's, it's not like, I mean, it was fun to work with Raphael as much as we could on Chekhov. I mean, there was no time for me to do a lecture on Chekhov, but we could get a sense of it. Um, but that's different. <clears throat> if, if Raphael were going in for a pilot for a series, I'd never have him play that character. <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, that's only confusing things, but um, but when you have an audition, you'll call me, we'll figure it out. We're slightly joined at the hip for a while. Uh, we can't see Wesley, but Wesley had an audition. I don't think it was for a pilot the other day. And, and it was very interesting because it was very clear. The guy was an FBI agent who'd been the top of his class at Quantico. So soon as you know that, right, it tells you something absolutely clear. Now, there is a TV series I watch where the actress on the TV series is a hysteric and she's playing an attorney. I would never let an actor of mine go in and play an attorney as a hysteric. But that's what they wanted. So, so you, you know, you make a choice, you grab onto it. And as I taught my son to say, you negotiate how they plan on using you. I mean, it's absolutely the mental attitude that you go in with. So, and, you know, keep in mind, they wanted a blonde haired, blue eyed Russian and Chris is dark. <laughs> so he showed them what they were looking for. Um, anyway, but the inter just uh, the interesting thing, I was going to bring the script in uh, of Wesley's audition. The interesting thing about Wesley's audition is the character was really clear. It, how to play it was really clear. Uh, what then was clear, and it was an interrogation. So then what you did was just to figure out the what specifically what the action was and you watched him change tactics. And that's what that's what we did. Totally different than what I did with Justine. 
totally different than what I've done with Raphael. But this was, okay, this is the character. And so, and so that, and so basically this is, this is what he's doing in this scene. This, this, this is what the action of the scene is. And because yeah. he's, because but, he's an FBI agent, he, that's, that's who, part of who he is, is he, he knows how to get mm -hmm. something. Exactly. He knows how to get something and he knows when he's not getting something and when he's not getting it, then he changes tactics. And that, that was it. And then there was a moment where she didn't say anything. And so what we decided from that was he's, he's on the right track. So then the next little chunk was building on that. And they're very specifically structured. First thing he says was, you know, why were you there? Why were you there? Why you were there? She answers, not working. Try something else. She doesn't answer. Ah, it's working. Go down that road. She pulls back, scare the shit out of her. She doesn't answer again. Now, pull back and just leave her there. Well, I, you know, and you can just see it in the scene. I, I, really seriously, I cannot tell you enough how important it is to get a book of monologues and go through a monologue and figure out what's going on. You know, get a scene, get a, you know, go through a scene and figure out what's going on. Because uh, I don't know how long Wesley had on it. I, I think, I, I think he, I think he texts me while Raphael and I were working and then I sent him a note back and, you know, this was like a Monday and he said, whatever it was. I, he had two days, maybe. So that's, that's, that's when you just, you know, go, go, go. But it's the reason it's different to coach somebody than it is to teach acting. If it were an acting exercise to work that I would force Wesley to figure it out. When there's not time. But that's. Have I recorded enough Walker. <laughs> I keep 